You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Anders of jaysrunacouch.com, and this episode is brought to you by Indeed. Indeed is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast, including me. I am one of the people who has been hired by Indeed, because Indeed is awesome. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of jobs seekers online visiting Indeed every month. Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. So try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. That's their best offer anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right. So this episode was meant to go out on Thursday because that's when I recorded it with Gabrielle from Locked On Red Sox. Um, we just kind of chilled out, had a lovely conversation where we both just kind of slagged on the Yankees because, you know, that's fun. And we both enjoy it. Um, if you haven't heard it through Locked On Red Sox, um, here it is here. I would check out Locked On Red Sox, though, because Gabby is one of the best. Um, she's one of the top hosts on the network. So check out Gab on Locked On Red Sox and check out the conversation we had last week right now. Welcome back to Locked On Red Sox on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Gabrielle, founder of Girl at the Game. And finally, I am doing my dream crossover with AJ, host of Locked On Blue Jays. It is the worst team in the American League East and my favorite team in the American League East. I probably should not say that as a Red Sox host, but I do love the Blue Jays. AJ, this is so cool. I am so glad we're finally doing this. I know. it's. It feels like it's been a long time coming. And I mean, your team's not that bad. We split the season series like 5-5. Five, five. So, you know, My you team has a 341 were... winning percentage. It's the worst in all of baseball. Really? Worse than the Pirates? Ugh. Yes. Um, I, I'm trying to find a silver lining. And According to the standings as of today, you are tied with the Rangers. 
So Are we really not. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, fine. Now we're tied. Yesterday they were the only team that had a 3:41. Today they are tied with the Rangers because the Red Sox have an off day. Can I just say it's kind of weird? They had an off day on Monday. They played a doubleheader yesterday, and then they have another off day today. And it's like you would think that they would just play one game yesterday and one game today. The Wednesday off days are like weird too. I mean, granted, the Blue Jays don't get off days anymore. Played 28 games in 27 days. Sox had 30 Uh, games out of 31 days from like the beginning of August to the beginning of September. So I'm exhausted and I just watched them. I know. Like I I had to take Monday off because I'm just like, I need a day where I can just like do whatever. (laughs) And your team's actually good. I mean, the, the Blue Jays are 24 and 18. They've won six of their last 10. I mean, it's not, it's not terrible. The Yankees. At the time of recording, this is before tonight's Yankees game. So I'm hoping for the sweep. But Oh, my God, please. That would make me so happy to watch the Yankees fall under uh, 500. Just because no one expected anything of the Red Sox this year. They have like a two-man starting rotation at best. But, you know, people expected stuff from the Yankees. Like they signed Garrett Cole during the offseason. This is a collapse of like an actual good team. And it's kind of crazy because we're going into their 11th season. This will be their, this will be 11 years without them winning a world series. If they don't win a world series this year. (laughs) It's possible tomorrow. We'll look at the standings and the Yankees will be behind the Orioles. I love that for the Orioles. I know I'm, I'm happy for the Orioles that, you know, they, they get to be somewhat good and Toronto just keeps trashing them anyway. But to knock the Yankees out like that, just, uh, I mean, apologies to Stacy, but God, the Yankees are a bunch of whiners. Well, they're like, such whiners. Like the they have 27 the championships whole, and they're like, the they're like, this is the series. worst thing to ever happen to humanity. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous that it's happening because like this shouldn't be happening to them. But at the same time, I mean, the Cleveland Indians haven't won a World Series since 1948. And the Seattle Mariners have never even been to a World Series. So, I, like, it's really hard for me to feel sorry for you. Like, the entire series in Buffalo, the first series that the Blue Jays and Yankees have played all year, has been the Yankees complaining that they have to be in Buffalo. Like, oh, we can't see, and the lighting's bad. Like, Gary Sanchez dropping a pop-up last night. And, like, Gary Sanchez dropped that pop-up because he's Gary Sanchez, and he's not very good defensively. And then... Like, Chad Green and Adam Ottavino, like, well, the Blue Jays, they must have been cheating. They must have been able to see our signs, or we can't really see the signs. And I'm like, no, you gave up 10 runs in an inning because you suck. And the Blue Jays have a book on Ottavino. Like, they've seen him enough. They know to avoid the slider. Adam, I could strike out Babe Ruth, Ottavino, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Adam, he would give up a stolen base to Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth runs about as fast as Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Ottavino. (laughs) it's just I mean you know being in the same division as the Yankees and obviously I can't complain the Sox have won four World Series in the last 15 years but it's just funny to watch Yankees fans lose their minds because I will say the one difference the difference is Red Sox fans are just like resigned to their fate you know they're not like bitching and moaning Yankees fans are like, this is literally the worst thing to happen to humanity. And I'm like, we're living in a global pandemic and I'm not going to get into politics, but the politics in this country are real bad. So, I mean, 
like have a little perspective fans of the franchise with the most championships of any team in baseball. Like the second most I think is the Cardinals and they have 11. Your team has 27 enough, like get over yourselves. You know, it's not going to happen every year. It's like Montreal fans up here with the Canadians. just like, we haven't won the Stanley cup since 93. I'm like, a, you're the last Canadian team to win. B you have 26 or whatever. It's like, no one, no one is crying for you. So stop crying for yourselves. What's funny when the Last Dance came out, someone wrote an article for Sports Illustrated, being like, "The next um, documentary series that should come out in this format should be about the core four from the Yankees." And I was like, "Yeah, if mm. everybody liked the Yankees and gave a crap about the core four, like the market for that is so much smaller than a Michael Jordan documentary. Like, are you kidding?" And it was such a clearly yeah. Yankees fan writer writing that because he wanted a core four documentary. That's like not the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's 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 like no offense. I I never had the desire to learn about the inner workings of Jorge Posada's workout schedule. Like, just miss me. Thank you. I know. I'm I'm good. Anyway, give me your postseason predictions. I mean, my postseason prediction for the Red Sox is off season. So, I mean, it's pretty clear that's where they're <laughs> headed right now. Talk to me about the Blue Jays. I actually picked the Blue Jays to be the team to watch this season. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. What do you see happening for them coming down the pipe? Oh my God. Well, it wasn't, we, we wouldn't be here if, if like we were doing this last month, at this time, it'd be like, well, the Blue Jays are right in the muck with the Red Sox. So, yeah, it's it's been really weird. Like, um, the Blue Jays have the kind of lineup where if a couple guys get hot, they have enough pitching to make it stand up. And, like, some nights, even if they don't have, have the hitting, they have the pitching to make it stand up. Last night, all they got was a Jonathan Davis home run. And, like, Jonathan Davis, last guy on that roster you would expect to go yard. But he did, and they made it held up. They're they're winning in so many different ways now. It can only serve them well in the postseason. And I think, like, right now, I think they get Cleveland in the first round. And, I mean, Cleveland, yeah, they have some starting pitching, but I'm not really afraid of that lineup. Like, you know, Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor are theirs. But I was going to say, I... Lindor is really the only person that comes to mind, but it's also interesting because you guys lost Bichette for the whole season, right? He might be coming back on Friday. Oh, okay. All right. Which, which I mean, be, given given we've lost Teoscar Hernandez and Rowdy Telez in the last week, and I did not think I would be saying those two names in relation to injuries as devastating. But those are pretty big blows to the to the Blue Jays lineup. So getting Bo Bichette back, which he's progressing well, um, he's been doing fielding drills. So it looks like Friday he could be activated for the Mets series, which that's just something the Blue Jays need. And I know the pessimists amongst the Blue Jays fans are like, well, they did all this winning without Bo Bichette. Leave him on the IL. Like, no, let's let's have the shortstop who can field well and hit 350 in the lineup, please. Joe Panic's not going to have a 500 plus on base percentage for the rest of the year. Let's let's get Bo Bichette in there. And it's funny that you mentioned Rowdy mm-hmm. Telez because Rowdy Telez has <laughs> emerged as a high key Red Sox killer. Mm. You know, he's one of those guys. He just hits the Red Sox pitching so well. I mean, last year 
He had 21 home runs, and I believe seven of them came against the Red Sox. <laughs> he loves Fenway. And this season he, he has eight home runs, and he's hit at least one of those eight home runs off the Red Sox too. So he's just one of those guys where, like, I mean, he's he's also a Jewish baseball player, so it's funny. Like, the other night when he homered off the Red Sox, I think it was that 10-8 to 8 game that they lost to you guys. Uh-huh. I was like, I can't even be mad because I'm rooting for my Jewish baseball players. But at the same time, like, oh, my God, what is it about this guy? Because, I mean, Roddy Tellez is pretty good and he can hit for power. But it's not yeah. like he's a David Ortiz, you know, and he, yet he comes up against the Red Sox pitching. And obviously it speaks a little bit to how bad the Red Sox pitching is. Obviously, um, it's not exactly the most impressive thing in the world to hit a home run off the Red Sox. They've given up more home runs than any other team. But at the same time, he did this last year, too. One yeah, third of his home runs for the entire season came against the Red Sox. <laughs> and the Red Sox and Blue Jays only play each other for 19 games out of 162 in a regular season. What can I say? He really likes Fenway. And, um, yeah, he uh, he continued that this year. Of um, of the eight home runs he's hit in 2024 have come against your Red Sox. He's batting Four? 400 <laughs> against them. Yeah. Oh like and oh. and that's that's what kind of makes this a, a big blow when he kind of stumbled on that pitching mound last night and strained his knee he was having a really good season one of the big reasons why rowdy was thought to be like in trouble with the blue jays is because he he just struck out too much couldn't get on base this season he raised his on base percentage by over 50 points he only had 20 strikeouts against 11 walks which that two to one ratio is a lot better than the four to one ratio he had last year. Like he was just soaking up everything Dante Bichette was telling him, which as a former Rockies fan, I love that Dante Bichette's a coach on this team. I love seeing pictures of Dante Bichette, just like in your dugout chilling. (laughs) He reminds me of like that dad that goes back to his old frat house and just hangs out and buys everyone (laughs) pizza and beer. Exactly. He's he's a guy. He's a guy like yeah. I'll get your kids some beer. Don't worry about it. Like I I kind of love. That. I'd rather you drink it in my house than get drunk outside and you know get hurt. I'm not exactly. a regular mom. I'm a cool mom, right, Regina? <laughs> <laughs> Swing at balls in the dirt where I can see you. Um, exactly. I mean, it's funny because but... it's. I feel like Jackie Bradley Jr. has a similar thing going on, where um, he also does pretty well against the Blue Jays like he has 11 home runs out of something like 96 career home runs 11 of them are against the Blue Jays and um, the only team he's homered off more is the Orioles which isn't saying very much because the Orioles pitching is just not great Um, but I mean JBJ hits well against the Blue Jays last season I'm pretty sure he had a multi-homer game or homers in back-to-back games against you guys in the spring and it's another one of those things where it's like a guy who has a lot of strikeouts, um, but he'll get hot and he gets hot against specific teams. And for some reason, JBJ just hits the Blue Jays well. And uh, I mean, for me, like, I love to see it because I love JBJ. Yeah, just a reminder that this episode is also brought to you by Postmates. Postmates is your everything delivery service, whether you need red wine at 4 p.m., vodka at 10 p.m. or ibuprofen at 10 a.m. You can post it. It's your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service. 
all year round. Anything you're craving, Postmates can deliver. It's the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and it's expanding into Toronto and Vancouver to offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery stores, convenience stores, traditional retailers that you could possibly want or need 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Although, again, if you order this on Christmas, I will judge you. Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even need to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. So download the app for iPhone or Android for free. But browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. And for a limited time only, Postmates is giving listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So to start those deliveries, download the app. Use the code LOCKEDON. That's code locked on, all one word, for $100 of free delivery credit with your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. So anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates it, download Postmates and save with the code locked on. And now here's Gab to talk about Built Bar. One of the biggest misconceptions about protein bars is that they are actually good for you. And yes, most protein bars do have, as their name suggests, a ton of protein in them. But what you probably don't realize is that they also come with a ton of hidden sugars, preservatives, and additives that kind of cancel out how good a protein bar should be for you. Because while you are taking in a lot of protein, you're also adding a lot of sugar to your diet, which is one of the worst things that you can do for your body. Built Bar is the exception to the protein bar rule. They make the protein bars that taste like candy bars. And now the improved Built Bar is even more delicious with six new flavors in addition to their 12 original flavors. Their six new flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, love the pun, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. These protein bars average about 18 grams of protein, but they only have 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs. So they're perfect if you are diabetic or a keto diet person or just someone like me who attempts to avoid sugar as much as possible. For a limited time only, Built Bar is offering our listeners two amazing deals. For starters, a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. And when you go to BuiltBar.com and check out, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order. It doesn't matter if you are a first-time buyer or a repeat customer. That promo code works for every single order. Again, that's promo code locked on for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I was really hoping the Blue Jays would get JBJ at the deadline. Just like they had a very clear, we're just going to rent some guys on the cheap strategy. And I'm like, well, let's go get JBJ. He can play center field. Like, awesome. And like, he'll, he would let Grichik move over to right field, which, I mean, I'm fine with Grichik in center field, but just that would have been more deadly and outfield defensively with JBJ out there. Um, of course, it doesn't really matter now because now, like, the problem would have that with that would have been where do you put Teoscar Hernandez? Well, Teoscar Hernandez is injured now, so where do we put him anyway? We got to throw Derek Fisher out there for extended periods of time, which I'm not a fan of. I know, I know, Fisher's hitting better this season. He's actually hitting above 200 for the first time in his career, but. Let's just say I very confidently made a bet with the fan base before the season that if Derek Fisher hit 15 home runs, 
I would buy his jersey, like customized and everything, and that bleaching is baby blue. I very confidently said that because I knew I wouldn't have to pay off. If I said to Oscar, I'd kind of be like worried that he's just going to come back and hit one and cost me $150 that I don't really have. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I would have loved to see JBJ just fill out that outfield and just make it so no one, like you would have to hit it out of sale and field to get a hit. I would love to see Rowdy Telez on the Red Sox next season because that guy likes hitting at Fenway Park and that wouldn't bother me at all if he was wearing the Red Sox uniform instead. Like, that'd be great for them. They need bat power. It's kind of crazy. Like, you would think that the Red Sox had enough bat power even without Mookie Betts, and they just don't. I mean, Bobby Dahlbeck came up last week. He's already hit five home runs in his first, like, eight or nine games. But you can only hit so many home runs if your pitching is so terrible. And... I mean, the offense just, like, isn't good enough. J.D. Martinez is getting older. That guy definitely can't play the outfield at all. He likes to call himself an outfielder. He's not. You know, like, it's gotten to the point where you look at the lineup, and I'm like, I barely even knew these guys were on the roster, and they're in the starting lineup. At at least the batters are doing things, though. Like, you're running out pitchers that I don't know where you found them. I mean, like... Right now, due to injuries, your number two starter is Zach Godley, and we could not cut him fast enough last year when the Blue Jays yep. were like grasping at straws trying to get innings out of guys. Running I mean, out I guys was excited like- when you guys got Ryu because I got to see Ryu pitch a lot in LA last year, and he's so good. That's been huge. Like having having a guy who you know, like you can throw him out there and he's going to be effective. Like I want to say. Apologies to Marcus Stroman, but the Blue Jays have not had a guy like that who you know is going to go out there and, like, give you everything he can, like, solidly since Roy Halladay. And, God, I wish I wish the Blue Jays were good while Roy Halladay was there because he deserved that. But it's just a nice feeling to know, like, you have, you have a, a better-than-average chance to win with someone on the mound as opposed to, say hoping that Edwin Jackson doesn't give up seven runs in an inning. That's why I was so excited. That's one of the, Ryu is one of the main reasons that I picked the Blue Jays to have like a surprising year, you know, in a positive way, because that's something that you guys were missing is you needed real strong starting pitching. And I've seen Ryu pitch a complete game shutout on like 95, 97 pitches uh, mm. at Dodger stadium. And it was awesome. And I was like, that's like yeah. DeGrom stuff, pitching a complete yeah. game shutout on less than 100 pitches. No, there was no one on the Blue Jays in the past couple of years you, you could point out and be like, that dude can Maddox someone if needed. And yeah, there's no one on the Red Sox who could even remotely yeah. Maddox anybody. Yeah, and, and we thought we were going to be even better than that. Because, like, we had Nate Pearson coming up, and like, oh, he can throw 105. He's just going to blow people away. And then Pearson obviously struggled during his four starts. Um, he's another guy who's actually close to coming back, but they're going to put him in the bullpen, um, sort of in that Aaron Sanchez kind of role. So um, so now, now we're going to have Julian Merriweather, who can pair a 98-mile-an-hour fastball with a 80 changeup. We're going to have like Tom Hatch, who just gives me another reason to laugh at the Cubs for being the worst organization in the league. Um, Rafael Delis and Shin Yamaguchi, who have finally adjusted 
coming over from Japan and are just like splitting people left and right. And now we're going to have Nate Pearson there. And this bullpen is insanely scary. If you're you're like, you have to hope you get the runs off for you or Roark or Chase Anderson or Taiwan Walker, because you're not going to get them off the bullpen. It's that good right now. I have FOMO. I have like pitching FOMO. I legit drool over other teams having pitchers who could actually make it through a clean inning. That's like, that's my thing now. I I watch other teams and I'm like, oh my God, imagine going from two outs and two strikes to strike three and ending the inning without walking a batter or giving up a home run. Like you watch someone like Matt Barnes come in and you just know it's not going to be easy and he might eventually get out of the inning, but not without doing something first. Like there is basically no one on this pitching staff can go from strike two to strike three to end the inning without giving something away. And it's just, I mean, good Lord. It's, I just, you look around the league and all these teams are like, we are so excited to finally call up so-and-so. And with the Red Sox, it's like, yeah, I guess we're calling up so-and-so, you know, <laughs> like we don't have, we don't have that like top prospect who's exciting. Like we have some good prospects. None of them are pitchers and that's exactly what they need is pitchers. And none of the trades that they made this season, except for the trade with the Phillies was a trade that got them pitching prospects. Yeah, and and you would think they'd be going, like, I know some general managers have the strategy in that you develop bats, you develop your outfield players, and then you buy pitching in free agency when it's developed and you know what it is. And, like, I know the Red Sox followed that strategy for a bit when they got, like, Chris Sale and Rick Porcello. Yeah, Sale and Kimbrell was a huge trade for... uh for them with Dombrowski. I mean, that's probably what they're going to do because most of their top prospects are infielders and they have like 35 infield prospects. You don't need 35 infield prospects. (laughs) You basically gave us Santiago Espinal and he's been the savior while Bo Pachette's out because, you know, before we would have been plugging in guys like Ryan Goins and Darwin Barney and I don't know, um, Richard Urania. Forgot he forgot about him for a sec he's with like the Orioles minor league team now but yeah I I don't know what the plan is to try and get more pitching in there because like I mean can you can you even say if Eduardo Rodriguez is coming back at this point like you mean for this season or for in general I I mean in general like that like it sounds like the heart condition is pretty serious well According to the doctors who have been interviewed about it for the socks, um, I mean, it's very treatable and you can fully recover from myocarditis. Obviously, I'm no medical professional. This is just what I've read. Uh, it's still obviously a heart condition. And that's why they shut him down for the entire season. They're not messing around. But you know, there's no way of knowing. I mean, he could just never be the same again, and that would be tragic. And obviously what everybody wants in Red Sox Nation and with the Red Sox is just for Eduardo Rodriguez to be able to live a long, full, healthy life with his family. Um, But it will be a huge tragedy if he's not able to be with his team. I mean, it's he's already said publicly that like not being able to contribute to his team is, is, you know, killing him. And it's been really emotionally hard for him to not be there contributing and 
he was one of the few bright spots last season. So to not have him this season, even to not have him, you know, sitting there in the dugout with his guys, like, you know, his absence is felt in more ways than one. That being said, there's no better time for him to miss an entire season when they had no chance at being good this season anyway. And the same thing for Chris Sale. And I say that with as much sensitivity as possible of just being realistic that there was no reason to rush anyone or force anyone this season because everybody knew that nothing was going to happen for the Sox this season. And the people who listen to this podcast who say I'm super negative I'm not being negative. I'm still watching every single game and I'm still rooting for them. I'm just being realistic. You're, being real. you're not, you're, you're not going to go to the postseason. Take it from someone who had to do an entire year's worth of podcasts for a 67 and 95 team last year. You, you can't sugarcoat a lot of that. It's no, and it's if just, I did sugarcoat it, then people would say that I was, you know, BSing or that I was being fake yeah. or that I needed to read the or that you're a so, shill. You're a shill for the front office. You don't you don't strike me as a shill for the Red Sox front office. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny before we uh finish this, MLB ten minutes ago from their official Twitter account. I don't know if you saw this graphic, but they tweeted out a graphic and it says, How is the AL East going to shake out? And there are four photos, Rays, Blue Jays, Yankees, and Orioles. They didn't even put the Red Sox <laughs> on the graphic. And that is just so both funny and annoying to me because obviously, you know, the Red Sox are not going to the postseason. So, yes, if you're making a postseason graphic, not including the Red Sox just saves you the work of trying to balance it. You know, it's it's more aesthetically pleasing to have four photos than five. That being said, there have been a lot of moments on the Red Sox where you still have incredibly talented players like Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers and Bobby Dahlbeck. And the Major League Baseball Twitter accounts just don't pay them any attention. It's like once they realize that a team is not contending in any way, shape, or form, they just like forget that they exist completely. And that kind of bums me out because you should still be highlighting incredible players, even if they're not on a winning team. You should still be showing that they're making an effort to build up the guys around them, that they're still doing incredible things. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. is still Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field but you're not hearing about it because the Red Sox aren't good. And it's like, well, that's not fair to Jackie Bradley Jr. He's doing everything he can. He's also one of the top five hitters on this team, as crazy as that sounds. But you don't hear about it because MLB MLB kind of crafts a narrative every season. I mean, they did this with the Astros in 2017. They did it with the Red Sox in 2018. They decide that there are teams they're going to focus on, and then they focus on them and only them. And it's very rare to hear about a losing team by this time in the season. To be fair, they spend all that energy promoting players on losing teams. They have to use that bankroll all on Mike Trout. That says more about the freaking angels being pathetic than Mike Trout. But I do agree with you that the narrative sometimes gets lost. I mean, to be fair, we have spent this entire podcast kind of talking about the AL East. I don't think either of us have mentioned the Rays once and they're like, the best team in the American League. Yeah, the AL East will be interesting. The Yankees suck. Of course. No it's not matter, even professional. No it's what. like pretty much my job as host of Locked on Red Sox. It's my job to yeah. say that. Um, 
Oh, oh yeah. This is this has been a fun week for me in that the Blue Jays are actually beating the Yankees, and I get to just say, yeah, the Yankees look bad, and here's how they looked bad, and why they can do anything against the Blue Jays because the Blue Jays are good. It's been a refreshing change from the whole Gary Thorne level of exasperated talking about Glaber Torres. So. I am happy to share in the delight of the fall of the Yankees with someone else who greatly appreciates it. (laughs) (laughs) So this has been a locked on Red Sox, locked on Blue Jays crossover. We're going to do it again. Of course. And And you are more than welcome to come on the podcast during the postseason. Guys, you can catch AJ at A underscore J underscore Andrews. You can catch me on Twitter at at GFSTRR1. We are Locked On Red Sox and Locked On Blue Jays on the Locked On Podcast Network. We bring you your teams every single day. And as always, and I truly mean this, go Red Sox, go Blue Jays. I love them both.